Chapter 14 of Good Stories for Great Birthdays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Myra Parker. Good Stories for Great Birthdays by Francis Jenkins Olcott. February 25th. Jose de San Martin of Argentina. The Protector. Part 1. February 25th. Jose de San Martin of Argentina. The Protector. Jose de San Martin, a strong and silent man, whose character and achievements have been little known or appreciated outside his own country, comes nearer than anyone else to being the George Washington of Spanish America. Lord Bryce. San Martin, the great liberator, loved men of audacity and courage. Besides, he was just and compassionate. Courteous to gentle and simple alike. Generous and brave, San Martin. Joseph Conrad. The white-souled San Martin, who was without fear and almost without reproach. William Spence Robertson. The moral grandeur of San Martin consists in this, that nothing is known of the secret ambitions of his life, that he was in everything disinterested, that he confined himself strictly to his mission, and that he died in silence, showing neither weakness, pride, nor bitterness, at seeing his work triumphant and his part in it forgotten. Bartolomé Mitre San Martin was born in Spanish America, February 25th, 1778 became the liberator of argentina 1812 was the hannibal of the andes 1817 he and o'higgins liberated chile 1817 to 1820 san martin resigned after the meeting with bolivar 1822 in voluntary exile he died at the age of 72 august 17th 1850. His body was brought in state to Argentina, 1880. He is called Protector of Peru. His name is pronounced Jose de San Martin. The Boy Soldier This boy soldier, who became a great general and American patriot, was born in the Indian village of Yapeo, in the district of Misiones, which is now part of Argentina. Misiones is a land of thousands of bright butterflies and brilliant flowers, of plantations and wide forests. In it are abandoned groves of wild oranges and lemons, once belonging to the Jesuit missions that gave the name of Misiones to the region. Though he was born among Indians, the boy soldier was not an Indian. He was of pure Spanish blood. His father was an officer of the Spanish crown and was governor of Misiones. Spain ruled all of Spanish America in those days. The boy soldier's name was Jose de San Martin. Jose is Spanish for Joseph. It was an exciting life for Jose, with Indian boys to show him how to shoot wild game and how to fish in the Uruguay River. Then there were his father's soldiers to tell him about military life. Before Jose was eight years old, his father was transferred and the boy was sent overseas to Spain to attend school in Madrid.
but such an active american boy accustomed to indians and frontier life could not stay long contented in a school in old madrid besides he had soldier's blood in his veins he grew restless he was only eleven but he petitioned the spanish government to be allowed to enlist in the army his petition was granted and he became a boy soldier his uniform was white and blue his first campaign was in africa his first battle was with the moors during the next few years he served so gallantly that at sixteen he was made a lieutenant so he became a boy officer the patriot who kept faith in romantic spain there was everything to entice young san martin to forget his native land so far away and the little indian village on the uruguay the crimson and gold banners of spain waved over victorious battlefields the drums beat triumphantly the trumpets sounded to the charge there was glamour of combat with moors and other brave enemies there were romances of knights and ladies and legends of aragon castile and the alhambra there were serenades fandangos and feasts while in the quaint spanish towns maidens with dark witching eyes half hidden by mantillas peeped through the lattice casements and they must have peeped out joyously whenever the stalwart handsome young san martin went by but he never forgot his native land as the years passed he kept deep in his mind the memories of his childhood he heard that some of his countrymen in argentina had formed a patriot army and were trying to gain their independence from spanish rule he learned of their unsuccessful attempts and of their sufferings san martin heard too that the english colonies of north america had cast off the rule of their mother country england and had established a free government of the people under a constitution meanwhile napoleon bonaparte was throwing europe into confusion pulling down kings from their thrones and setting up whomsoever he wished in their stead he forced the king of spain to abdicate and proclaimed his own brother joseph bonaparte king of spain now the spanish-american colonies were the property of the kings of spain the most precious jewel in their crown some of the colonists had remained loyal but when they heard how their king had weakly abdicated many of them in disgust went over to the patriots side it was then that san martin although he had opportunities for rising much higher in the spanish army decided to return to argentina he landed on argentine soil march ninth eighteen twelve as a little boy he had left argentina now he was returned as a man offering her his sword his life his all forsaking my fortunes and my hopes said san martin later i desired only to sacrifice everything to promote the liberty of my native land i arrived at buenos aires in the beginning of eighteen twelve thenceforward i consecrated myself to the cause of spanish america when san martin came today the republic of argentina is an immense rich land it stretches from the atlantic coast westward nearly to the pacific its broad pampas or plains roll almost from the very doors of the beautiful city of buenos aires to the foothills of the andes mountains 
the mighty frozen peaks of the andes form a wall between the two sister republics argentina and chile though the breadth of argentina is so great its length is even more tremendous north to south the republic stretches from tropic regions of intense heat to the far distant patagonian land with its sheep ranches salt licks and arid plains and still farther southward the republic stretches toward the antarctic circle the pampas are like our prairies on them herds of cattle graze and the gauchos argentine cowboys round up the cattle on the wealthy estancias or ranches on many of these ranches grow wide acres of the finest wheat and of other grains and through the city of buenos aires which has been called the paris of america pass shipments of beef and wheat to help feed the world in the city's roadstead are ships from many countries waiting to carry away not only beef and grain but hides sugar and other argentine produce as well as patagonian mutton and wool there are flourishing towns and cities in argentina and great wealth buenos aires alone has about two million inhabitants and to buenos aires come throngs of immigrants from europe and asia seeking their fortunes in argentina just as immigrants land in the city of new york to find their fortunes in our country an immense and rich land is the republic of argentina today and her native citizens are one hundred percent american but when san martin stepped upon argentine soil over a hundred years ago there was no great wealthy republic there were only some poor provinces struggling with spain for their liberty buenos aires was but a colonial town on the bank of the river of silver there was no forest of foreign ships in the roadstead for spain had forbidden trading with any land except herself there were no great estancias helping to feed the world the whole country was groaning under oppression colonists indians and gauchos were in arms to defend her the land was swarming with spanish soldiers and royalists the patriot army was small scattered and poorly equipped and undisciplined san martin with all his military knowledge came as a liberator to his country the patriot government appointed him to train soldiers and organize the army he opened a military school to it thronged the gauchos those daring riders of the plains also creoles as the colonists of pure spanish blood were called and indians and even slaves to whom san martin had promised their freedom the patriots wore cockades of white and sky blue the argentine colors in time san martin had mobilized a well-disciplined army of earnest courageous men at san lorenzo san martin won a famous victory the enemy retreated in headlong flight leaving behind banner guns and muskets after the battle san martin sent supplies to the enemy for the wounded and exchanged prisoners with them this victory put heart into the entire patriot army and assured the final success of the patriot cause argentina's independence day july ninth eighteen sixteen the birthday of the argentine republic was really may twenty fifth eighteen ten before san martin came to argentina 
for on that day a group of patriotic citizens of buenos aires braved the anger of spain set up a people's government and convened the first colonial assembly in argentina but on july ninth eighteen sixteen while san martin's soldiers were harassing the spaniards there assembled at the city of tucuman delegates from a number of the provinces who declared the independence of the united provinces of the river of silver or rio de la plata the name argentine republic was not given the argentine union until some years later thus argentina while spain was yet on her soil bravely declared her independence a great idea gold jewels spices and costly woods in fact much of the stupendous wealth of spanish america flowed yearly into lima the city of kings in peru on the pacific the city founded by pizarro the gold hunter triumphantly lima lifted the picturesque towers and domes of her palaces convents monasteries and religious schools and of her ancient cathedral for lima ruled not only the pacific coast of spanish america but the whole of spanish america as well she was the center of spain's power strength religion and wealth in the new world there with pomp and pageant lived the most influential of the spanish viceroys whose word was law from lima went forth spain's armies to crush the patriots in argentina and chile so long as spain should hold lima the patriot cause would be hopeless on the other hand if lima might be taken by the patriots then the stronghold of spanish tyranny would be destroyed so thought san martin and he began to lay plans to capture lima although the city was seemingly inaccessible and lay beyond the andes mountains far to the northwest on the pacific coast the argentine government transferred san martin to the province of cuyo and made him its governor there in the lovely city of mendoza the city of vineyards at the very foot of the andes he set about raising revenues and training and equipping an army a small but strong army of devoted men but how to reach lima questioned san martin to himself any attempt to lead the army northward to upper peru and over the andes to lima was sure to bring down upon the small body of patriots spain's seasoned troops who held upper peru and a part of argentina the only way thought san martin is to cross the andes drive the spaniards out of chile then joining our forces with those of the chilean patriots go by sea to lima and take her from spain peru will yield and our continent will be free the mighty andes what spoils my sleep is not the strength of the enemy but how to pass those immense mountains said san martin as from mendoza he gazed upon the snow-clad summits of the mighty andes whose giant wall separated the wide plains of argentina from the sunny smiling valleys of chile on the pacific terrible seemed the andes stretching from north to south like an impassable barrier near mendoza the barren foothills resembled waves of a petrified sea above them soared the central lofty mountain ranges of conical sharply defined peaks white with everlasting snow 
over the precipices wheeled the condors at dizzy height and down the chasm rent sides of the mountains rushed dark torrents of melted snow san martin knew of the rugged defiles the narrow paths winding along the edges of precipices the ice-choked passages the gloomy gorges and the many unbridged torrents to be crossed torrents tossing rocks about like straws nevertheless he determined to lead his army across the andes rescue chile and go by sea to lima so without haste he carefully laid his plans in every detail he spent two years in raising the army of the andes and equipping it he kept his project of crossing into chile secret lest the enemy should hear of it and guard the mountain passes the enthusiastic and loyal men of mendoza and of the whole province of cuyo helped him with money and labor many of them enlisted even the children wanted to help so san martin to keep up their patriotism formed them into little regiments and let them drill and carry banners their mothers led by san martin's wife a lovely argentine lady took off their jewels and sold them if it had not been for the cheerful spirit of cooperation among the folk of cuyo san martin could not have mobilized his men for this reason mendoza is called the nest of the argentine eagle Bartolome Mitre retold the real san martin and what was general san martin like why did the good folk of mendoza love him and hasten to do all that he asked why did his troops cheerfully submit to terrible privations and willingly plunge into danger and death if san martin was with them why today do the boys and girls of argentina wish to be like their great and beloved hero san martin first because san martin never thought of himself the folk of mendoza offered him a handsome house to live in he quietly refused it he gave up to the cause half of his salary as governor he accepted the rank of general with the understanding that he might lay it down as soon as argentina was free he steadfastly refused all other promotions from his government he sent his wife back to buenos aires so that he might live more simply he lived frugally ate little and worked hard and what did he look like this general so strong yet so simple he wore the plain uniform of the mounted grenadiers with a white and sky-blue cockade in his hat he was fine-looking tall and muscular his complexion was olive his jaw strong and his lips firm his black hair thick his large jet-black eyes looked out from under bushy eyebrows eyes now kindly and humorous now piercingly observant but when he met treachery or cowardice those eyes could frown terribly and when he faced dangers or great emergencies they expressed a fiery determined spirit a man nobly unselfish gentle yet forceful modest patient whimsically humorous at times but always a few words was san martin even strangers who met him were filled with respect and affection for him his motto was thou shalt be what thou oughtest to be or thou shalt be nothing the fighting engineer of the andes among the patriots of mendoza was a begging friar named luis beltran he had fought in chile against the spaniards he had returned across the indies to mendoza with a kit of tools on his back 
he was a clever fellow a mathematician a chemist an artilleryman a maker of watches and fireworks a carpenter an architect a blacksmith a draughtsman a cobbler and a physician he was strong and rugged san martin made him chaplain but on learning of his extraordinary gifts he appointed him to establish an arsenal soon friar beltran had three hundred workmen under him all of whom he taught he cast cannon shot and shell melting down church bells when his metal gave out he made limbers for the guns saddles for the cavalry knapsacks shoes and other equipment for the soldiers he forged horseshoes and bayonets and repaired damaged muskets if he stopped to rest at all he drew designs on the walls of his grimy workshop for special caissons and wagons to transport army supplies over the steep passes of the andes then he took off his frock and put on the uniform of a lieutenant of the artillery and became the fighting engineer of the army of the andes bartolome mitre retold the hannibal of the andes one everything was ready friar beltran's forges blazing night and day had turned out thirty thousand horseshoes his arsenal had produced bullets by the hundreds of thousands friar beltran's carriages for artillery specially designed for mountain passes stood waiting the guns themselves were to be carried on the backs of mules slings had been prepared to hoist the mules over dangerous places also sleds of rawhide in which the guns might be hauled up inclines too steep for heavily laden mules to climb the women of mendoza led by bernardo o'higgins mother and sister who were exiles from chile had prepared a store of bandages and medicines and had made uniforms for the soldiers all was ready tents provisions herds of cattle saddles arms clothes water bottles cables and anchors for a portable bridge muleteers and artisans nothing was overlooked by the vigilant san martin silent and reserved he inspected everything for he knew too well that the mountains over which he was about to lead his army were more lofty and dangerous than the famous alps he planned to send the army through two passes the highest of which was nearly thirteen thousand feet above sea level the troops would be long on the way he knew and the dangers would be terrific in january eighteen seventeen january is summertime in argentina the good folk of mendoza gathered to say farewell to the army that they had helped to mobilize and to which many of their own men belonged some of whom they should never see again the army broke up its cantonments and began its march in three divisions carrying the new flag of the republic the women of mendoza had made it it was white and sky blue like san martin's first uniform when he was a boy soldier while on it was emblazoned the face of the rising sun so with provisions for many days with armament munitions baggage and great herds of cattle for food the army followed the trails that led through the barren foothills toward the high andes the lofty central ranges of the gloomy mountains frowned down upon the soldiers while the dark passes seemed yawning piteously to devour them 
but nothing daunted they courageously continued to climb the foothills toward the mountains bernardo o'higgins the chilean patriot led one of the divisions for chile had now joined forces with argentina against spain higher and higher the army climbed scouts clearing the way before it until it began to enter the passes of the cordilleras then san martin who was still tarrying at mendoza wrote to a friend this afternoon i leave to join the army god grant me success in this great enterprise then saying good-bye to the folk of mendoza by whom he was so much beloved he hastened to join one of the divisions day after day the troops followed the steep ascents and descents walking close to roaring torrents crossing craggy peaks and narrow chasms skirting edges of precipices wading through snow and hauling heavy guns and supplies up steep inclines great mountain ridges with canyons between ran north and south beside numerous lesser ridges all these had to be crossed to reach chile the intense cold on the summits killed many of the soldiers while the rarefied air caused numbers to drop down and die from heart failure and exhaustion of the nine thousand two hundred and eighty-one mules and the sixteen hundred horses friar beltran had in charge over half perished the soldiers surrounded by the mountain peaks that seemed to touch the sky with their snow-bound jagged tops were depressed by the awful loneliness now and then a condor wheeled above them strange noises made by gusts of wind in the canyons sounded like the wails of lost souls every step the soldiers took convinced them that should they be attacked it would be impossible to retreat such were some of the terrible hardships uncomplainingly suffered by the army of the andes but the soldiers laughed at despair a spirit of union and comradeship upheld them each corps tried to outdo the others in cheerful endurance at last after more than three weeks the army began to defile from the passes into chile then san martin and o'higgins in the great battle of chacabuco and later at maipu won the victory and drove the spanish army from chile general miller and bartolome mitre retold two thus was accomplished one of the most heroic feats in history the passage of the andes by the army of san martin says lord bryce has been pronounced by military historians of authority to have been one of the most remarkable operations ever accomplished in mountain warfare the forces which he led were no doubt small compared to those which hannibal and napoleon carried across the alps but the passes to be crossed were much higher lord bryce also says that san martin comes nearer than any one else to being the george washington of spanish america and san martin has been called the hannibal of the andes not for himself honors were showered on san martin after the battle of chacabuco news of his successful crossing of the andes and of his victory reached buenos aires all day long shouts sounded through the streets cannon roared from the fort and from the squadron in the roadstead san martin's portrait was hung where all could see it draped in flags captured from the enemy 
the argentine government decreed a sword and badge for san martin and struck medals for his soldiers they voted a pension of six hundred dollars a year for his little daughter maria mercedes they also sent him a commission as brigadier general the highest rank in the argentine service san martin accepted the pension for his little daughter and laid the money aside for her education but he refused the commission asking only for more arms money and men to carry on the campaign meanwhile the grateful chilean government offered to make him ruler of all chile but this honor too he declined so his friend and companion at arms bernardo o'higgins in his stead was elected supreme ruler of the country cochran el diablo on to lima on to lima was now the cry of the argentine and chilean soldiers let us drive out the spaniards let us expel them from spanish america forever on to lima by sea was san martin's decision meanwhile o'higgins was busy equipping a fleet to carry the troops to peru there was at that time in england a dauntless dashing naval officer lord thomas cochrane who was famous for his extraordinary courage and adventures he gladly accepted the invitation of san martin and o'higgins to become admiral of the chilean navy and because excitement and danger were as meat and drink to him he hastened to chile he was welcomed with great rejoicings his beautiful young wife became one of the bells of santiago english irish and american officers drawn by the fame of lord cochrane's daring exploits arrived in numbers offering their swords to chile to help win her freedom then with the single star flag of chile nailed to his mastheads admiral cochrane swept the pacific clean of spanish war vessels and so fiery were his attacks that the spaniards nicknamed him el diablo for the very devil himself he is said they our brothers ye shall be free the peruvians are our brothers proclaimed san martin to his soldiers remember that you are come not to conquer but to liberate a people he proclaimed as soon as the liberating army was landed in peru for lord cochrane had brought them safely thither aboard the chilean fleet then to the peruvians san martin sent broadcast a proclamation you shall be free and independent you shall form your government and your laws according to the spontaneous wish of your own representatives the soldiers of the army of liberation your brothers will exert no influences military or civil direct or indirect in your social system whenever it suits you dismiss the army which marches to protect you a military force should never occupy the territory of a free people unless invited by its legitimate magistrates this proclamation aroused the patriotism of many peruvians who brought quantities of food and supplies to the army while numbers of them joined the army including six hundred slaves to whom san martin promised their freedom then san martin prepared to invest lima with the help of lord cochrane's fleet End of chapter fourteen recording by myra parker